Whole Hog Sports presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Here's your host, Whole Hog Sports basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is Friday, January 13th. I want to make sure I get the date right. I'm pretty sure I said it was January 26th on last week's podcast. I started listening to it when I went to go pick up my kids last week and i was infuriated right off the bat because i messed up the date it is january 13th today the razorbacks have scuffled out of the gate in sec play again i think for the third consecutive season they're under 500 um you know about two weeks into into the conference schedule we appreciate you listening we appreciate you listening in today as always i'm happy to be joined by andrew joseph of whole hog sports and bob holt the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Scotty Bordelon of Whole Hog Sports. Since we last recorded, I believe before the Razorbacks went to Auburn, um, Arkansas has lost back-to-back games in in the SEC, and they're one and three. Uh, they fell to number 15 in the AP poll this week after a 13-point loss to Auburn. Um, and we'll see what happens with the the next poll on Monday. But Arkansas opened this week with a home loss to an Alabama team that might very well be Final Four good. I mean, you'd probably be hard pressed to to find a team with with better wins. You know, they've got a road win over Houston and now Arkansas, and they've got neutral court wins over North Carolina and Michigan State, which probably looked better at the time. But uh, nonetheless, those are are you know big name programs. Um, Arkansas lost eighty four sixty nine on Wednesday to Alabama. I. I, I to be honest, I didn't know what to expect when I walked into Bud Walton. My gut was kind of telling me that Arkansas was either going to win a close game or Alabama might take a lead and just kind of hold it and then maybe build on it a little bit later and pull away. Arkansas was in it until Nate Oates called a timeout with 445 left. Jalen Graham scored on a post up, um, went really, really deep into his bag the other night and you know hit a post up score. And NATO was called for timeout with Alabama up 65-63, 4.45 left. Alabama comes out of a timeout, and they just absolutely broke Arkansas spirits. Um, Eric Mosman had some really interesting comments about Arkansas after that game. But before, I guess, we get into that, what were y'all's takeaways from, I guess, the, the loss to Alabama? Uh, let me I'll first point out it's not just January 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yep. So hopefully everybody will be okay out there today. But – yeah, I mean, I think the the score, if people just saw that score, like going across the crawler watching ESPN or something, they think, wow, Alabama went in and kicked Arkansas's butt pretty good. And and ultimately they did. But like you say, it was a two-point game with less than five. And then Alabama, I remember Nate, Nate Oates reading his quotes. He got asked on his Zoom um, what he say during the timeout. And he jokes that, oh, yeah, go, go ahead and hit three threes, bam, 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 you know, and, and get the lead. But um, you know, they, they came out of there on fire and, you know, Clowney six ten kid hits a corner three. And then Miller, who had a great second half, Brandon Miller, who's, you know, probably a top 10 pick. Uh, like I say, he reminds me a lot of Jabari Smith, just with his size and how smooth he plays in his shot. And, uh, you know, he hits two then, and that's sandwiched around Arkansas having two, you know, live ball turnovers that, that, so that there was just a perfect storm for Arkansas there. And, and, um, but I thought Arkansas, you know, was pretty competitive there until the last, you know, four minutes or so. So um, there's no shame in losing to Alabama. That's a game Arkansas would love to get at home. But as you said, they've been great on the road. You know, Michigan State's, they knocked off Wisconsin on the road the other night. So Michigan State might get back in the poll. And North Carolina's had some injury situations, but they're, they're pretty good. So, yeah, Alabama's re- really, really good. 
they, they were ranked fourth. They might be better than that. So, um, you know, Arkansas that, you know, they, they don't like losing at home, but that's not, to me, it's not a shocker. Alabama won. And I do think the final score is a little lopsided. I mean, a little misleading, I guess is what I meant. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, like you said, the, the game was actually uh, pretty back and forth for a little bit until that final stretch where they hit those three threes. And I was just really impressed with Brandon Miller. Uh, obviously, he came in with all the credentials, leading the SEC in scoring, being uh, kind of that that top guy in the league. And he was—I don't think he attempted a single shot in the first half. And I think right. that that raised some eyebrows, and everyone was like, "Man, they're kind of locking him up." And then all of a sudden, he flipped the switch and and still goes off for double digits, uh, hits those two threes that kind of put Arkansas out of the game at that point. And I think Eric Musselman noted his impact in the press conference that when he said that our Alabama star player stepped up. And I think that that's kind of what you were hoping to see from an Arkansas player at some point that maybe they would just take the game over and it never really materialized. I think the closest they had to someone to kind of taking the game over was, was actually Jalen Graham, which was kind of a surprise. Uh, he stepped up and played some big minutes and I thought kept them in it for a while, at least on the offensive end. I know he had a, a defensive lapse that led to a three-pointer uh, coming out of that timeout. Uh, but I think he probably made a case for some more minutes, and I think he played well on the offensive end. But I, overall, I think the team kind of is is treading water right now and trying to stay above before they start sinking. Do you guys take anything away from the way that Arkansas kind of fought and clawed? I mean, they fell behind what? seven, eight points in the first half. And then I think Alabama's lead, you know, grew to 12 at one point, and then they got it back down to two. Do you take anything away from that at all? Or is it, I mean, I know this is a results-based deal that we're talking about, but I don't know, before we started recording, me and Andrew were kind of like, are there any silver linings at all? I mean, is is that the silver lining that they kind of, you know, they were out of the, it felt like they were out of the game, you know, twice and and, and kind of came back and, and made it interesting yeah i think you know eric mentioned that a couple of times in his postgame comments that the guys are playing hard they obviously didn't get the result they wanted and they haven't gotten the results they wanted you know here most sec play with a one and three start but but it's not for lack of effort and um and you had some guys that were getting a shot like like mikhail uh, mitchell got his first start got to start alongside his brother he was probably pretty excited about that and jalen graham's been pretty hit and miss with his minutes, you know, some games he hadn't played at all. Others, I think he played 19 minutes, so he had a really productive offensively. I thought it was telling that when – He's really efficient. Yeah, when somebody asked Eric about Graham's game before Eric praised his offense, which he, he was very complimentary of his offense, he mentioned the, the, the defensive bus first. So that obviously is his uppermost in his mind. Hey, Eric's a defense first uh, guy, man. I mean, you got you got to play defense if, if you're going to you know get on the floor for him more often than not. Yeah, and so it's 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 like Andrew said, you know, Graham probably deserves more minutes because they need they need his offense, and he rebounded pretty well. I think he had five. He just looks so assertive and aggressive, and so um, you know if they get more of that, then he's going to get more playing time. But he does need to need to play defense because, like you said, that that that's a big thing with Eric. But yeah, I think um, you know not to make it sound like it's uh, you know kitty league or whatever, but yeah, I, I do think there is something to be said for not giving up for. Because yeah, when they're when it was, I think it was six two fifty. You're thinking, wow, the Alabama is just going to put it on them here now. And Arkansas came back, and they were within two, and the crowd's into it. And you're thinking, it might be a breaking point. And then you know, that was a, obviously a well called timeout by Nate Olds, some great execution by his team, and some breakdowns by Arkansas. But I don't think you can question Arkansas's you know effort at right now. 
Yeah, I, th I think one of the things that really jumped out to me the other night was Debo's defense was just really outstanding for a majority of the game. And like Andrew said, Brandon Miller didn't take a shot in the first half, and Debo had something to do with that. I mean, he was completely in ball denial. I mean, if if Debo was defending Brandon Miller in the left corner and Mark Sears drove left kind of at a, like a 45-degree angle dribble off the bounce Devo was not was not there to to give anybody any any help defense I mean it was pretty pretty clear that Arkansas was going to try to put one of Alabama's arms behind its back by taking away its best player and for a half it worked and I think Arkansas may have turned the ball over I think Arkansas did turn the ball over on its first offensive possession in the second half and then Nate Oates ran a play specifically for Brandon Miller he drove right missed a shot tipped in his own miss and he got I think that gave him a little bit of confidence um but Devo pretty much owned that matchup I thought until it was maybe kind of a somewhat insignificant play in the second half Alabama inbounded the ball across from its bench um in the second half and he beat Devo on a backdoor cut and he ended up at the free throw line I think one of the Mitchell brothers went down um, on that play I think Devo got tagged with a foul but after that I mean Brandon Miller went up to try to put it on somebody like attack the rim pretty hard ends up going to the free throw line before he gets there he's kind of you know he's kind of talking and maybe you know interacting with the crowd a little bit and I thought that he finally maybe at that point felt like he had a, an upper hand in that matchup from that point on and um you got to give him credit for knocking down those those two shots late in the game and and capitalizing kind of on the on the mistakes Devo made. But um, yeah, Devo, what what did y'all think of, of Devo? What what do you think gave Brandon Miller the the issues that that he had at least early on? And um, I mean, you still got to trust Devo on on the defensive end to to take away somebody's star player, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Devo Davis is just kind of the definition of an, an enigma. Like you never know what you're gonna get out of him and I think, you know, we hear a lot about how maybe Joseph Pinion and Jalen Graham aren't getting minutes because they don't play, they don't perform on the defensive end, but they do perform on the offensive end. And I don't know, do you think it's fair to say that maybe Devo Davis is, is their best defender, but also a liability on the offensive end of the floor and kind of, kind of an, on the opposite spectrum of that? Uh, I just think it kind of seems like on the offensive end, maybe Arkansas's offense looks to be running a structured play and then he just looks like he's freestyling out there. Yeah, he bit. will he will break off from it. And, and from I think a, from a set for sure, yeah. And you can tell because of Eric Musselman's reactions like when he'll take a, just some ill-advised shot or just some highlight reel no look pass that you're just thinking what in the heck could that possibly have what is he trying to do there? But on the flip side, he keeps the SEC's leading scorer scoreless for 20 minutes and so you have to have him on the floor but and he's I, rebounding I, the ball well too right. like defending and hitting the glass you got to do that to play for eric and he's doing it exactly and then on the flip but then again on the offensive end he takes 17 shots and yeah. they're not always great uh and i just i don't know i think he's a puzzling player to try to figure out i said the other i said the other night that i thought it was a game where he he might end up with a double double and he did and something nuts was going to kind of happen because I feel like he's a guy that kind of thrives in chaos. I mean, he's played in a lot of big games. Um, I mean, some of his his 
kind of marquee moments in his his career have come in like those big games, like the win at Kentucky a couple of years ago. He throws down the dunk at the end, the Auburn game too. And then, you know, when things are kind of murky and muddy in some of these NCAA tournament games, he just – he has this knack for just making unbelievable plays, but he kind of thrived in the chaos. And, um, Bob, Bob, what did you think? Well, yeah, I think he, he missed, you know, double-digit shots, but he did hit their only two threes. Now, if you had right. told me Arkansas was going to hit two threes – and who and with the same guy, I would have guessed, you know, Anthony Black or Ricky Council, you know, probably Devo would have been pretty far down that list because I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what he's shooting, but it's not good. But so I gave him credit for that. And like you say, he did, he did rebound the ball. Well, he obviously played good defense. I think he had three steals or two steals, some assists, but you just wish he'd bring it in a little bit. Not that he should never shoot, but you know, 17 shots, that's probably not, that, 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 that that's probably too many. And, um, but he did knock down a couple threes and uh, he had a great play where he, uh, I think he took the ball away from Miller and he's down on the ground. He got it ahead to somebody and they got a basket off it. So he makes a lot of good plays. I, I definitely think there's more good, you know, there, there, there's more positives than negatives with Devo, but, um, you feel like he could, he could maximize those positives even more if he was a little more selective with, with his shooting. Yeah. I think so much success of Eric Musselman's previous teams came from, guys that played within their role and like they knew their role and that's what they did for the team and I think maybe he stretches his a little bit at, at times yeah I would agree with that for sure I think especially on the offensive end I mean he's not a he's not been an efficient jump shooter in his time here like the best shot that he's probably got in his bag is that long too but I just I I would have to think that I don't know that I would have to think that Eric probably doesn't like that whole, that shot just a whole lot because you back up a foot, it's worth another point. You know what I'm saying? But he's it seems like he's most comfortable in that in that uh, that area of the floor. And then Ricky Council got Arkansas kind of going on offense too with a couple pair of long with a with a pair of long twos. So I don't I don't really know I don't really know what you do when when offensively your best shot is you know like a a, a jumper from a step inside the three point line. It's just it's kind of kind of puzzling to me a little bit but um Jalen Graham was really good the other night Did anything in particular jump out to y'all I mean I went back and and watched the entire game just because I was kind of curious to hear the Jay Billis Jimmy Dykes podcast or the the broadcast because I think it, it was pretty cool just to have two analysts like this day and age I don't know that you necessarily need a play-by-play guy um to kind of tell you what's happening. Like you're kind of watching it. I kind of want more of an analysis in game. Um, I thought that was an interesting broadcast. And one of the things I went back and really looked at was the three that Jalen gave up and it happened with Mark Sears. He's a step inside the top of the key when he lets the pass go. And Jalen's right foot is at the top of the, uh, at the top of the charge circle, which that's that kind of positioning defensively, you would figure if somebody is standing there, the ball is on the left wing, right? Or it's on, oh, yeah, it's got to be on the left wing or, or you know, pushing the, the left corner. Like that's just the, the kind of positioning that that you would typically see there. He was a couple steps out of position and he got buried, um, kind of got buried after the game for that mistake. It was a game-changing mistake, I thought. But offensively, does what he did the other night maybe give him a little bit more of a leash moving forward like do you give him some extended minutes given the way that th this offense is kind of stuck in the mud right now because like 
look, you, you may he's not probably been playing a whole lot this year because of some defensive limitations. And that three right there was was exhibit A, I think. Um, probably alongside the the time early in the season when a a, a guard dribbled by him and ran into his elbow and he fell down. But I mean, at this point, you're struggling so much on offense. I feel like you've got a guy you got to have a guy who's pretty wired to score in the lineup right now. Yeah, I think you got to give him some more minutes because, you know, I don't have the stats in front of you. If you look at his points per minute, it's got to be incredibly efficient because it seems like whenever he gets playing time, you know, more than two or three minutes, he he scores decently, whether that's, you know, eight points in 10 minutes or 12 points in, you know, 11 minutes or something like that. Obviously, I think the last, the other game, he had 16 and 19 minutes. That's super productive against a team like Alabama. And, um, and, and Vandy's got some good size too. You know, I got the seven foot kid, um, Robbins, I'm just looking at their roster here. They got a six ten guy, a couple six eight guys. That, so they have good size. And, um, so, I mean, you hope what you hope for your Arkansas is Jalen understands I got to play better defense. You know, maybe Eric gives him gives him an extended chance this game. And then if he doesn't play in defense, then you say, well, man, I gave you your shot, but I, I think you, they, they have to try some different things just like they did last year when they started Trey Wade and, and you know, did some different things um, to to snap out of this uh, rut, rut, I guess you'd call it, that they're in. Yeah, I think Arkansas's defense is its calling card, obviously, and that's kind of the way the roster was built as a defense first roster. And you look at, I know Eric Musselman mentioned in the post-game press conference, he was disappointed in the lack of steals the team's uh, recorded so far. And I think that's a, a fair note when you have guys like, Devo Davis is a lockdown defender. You have Anthony Black, a 6'8 point guard that's got an unfair length advantage against most guards in the league. And then a guy like Ricky Council, who said before the year that his goal is to be a defensive player of the year. And so you got three should be elite defenders right there. And I think in an ideal world, you would be able to put Jalen Graham in a lineup with those three guys and kind of be able to hide his defensive limitations and let him go to work on offense. Uh, but like you said, they aren't stealing the ball as much as they would want, uh, and and it's just not materialized the way that they they have hoped for this to this point. Yeah, and I, yeah. I I think I think Jordan Walsh, Walsh or Jordan Walsh is a pretty good defensive player. Um, you know they need to get more scoring. There's another guy, you know, McDonald's All American. You know, projected high, you know, fairly high draft pick, uh, late first round maybe. And you know, I think they they need to get more out of him. Um, he re, he rebounded real well at at uh, he had ten boards at Auburn, but some of that was because he was missing inside. But you know, they they need to get him going a little bit. And Anthony Black had a really uncharacteristically you know poor game offensively. I think two for twelve, one for five from the free throw line. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're playing Alabama, you know, Crimson Tide or playing Alabama A and M. You know, you ought to be able to hit a free throw at the same rate you do. But for whatever reason, their their free throw percentage in the SEC is about ten percentage points below. I don't know if that's the pressure getting to them, or maybe they're getting winded. You look at the minutes Ricky Council and and AB are playing; they're playing like the most minutes in the league. So maybe maybe they're wearing down a little bit. I know it's early and they're young and in great shape and all that, but something's going on because you shouldn't be shooting that much difference and free from the free throw line. One thing to do it in the, from the field where you're facing better teams, but you know, the free throw lines, 15 feet everywhere, just like the Jim and Hickory and, and uh, you know, they'll be able to knock those down at the same rate SEC or whoever they're playing. Yeah. There's a 100% chance that AB would have played every minute in the league if he hadn't gotten in foul trouble. Um, one other note on Jalen Graham, I looked at CBB analytics for a basketball column that I'm 
writing I'm going to have on the website Friday, Jalen Graham is 80.8% shooting at the rim this season on 26 attempts. So that's kind of maybe something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's something that Arkansas looks at. Um, Vanderbilt is a pretty good shot blocking team. Uh, Liam Robbins, I think he's their seven foot center. Uh, Bob, you said he's played a little bit of of everywhere, right? Like he's transferred a couple times, but he's, you know, I think for the season, he's averaged about three blocks a game. And I looked at Ken Palm, he's, I think he's third in the country um, in, in block percentage. So um, I'm not going to be surprised if Jalen Graham, you know, maybe has a little bit um, longer of a leash this time around, maybe against Vanderbilt. I mean, you got, you it almost feels like you've got to have this game because um, you, I don't feel like you can go into Missouri next Wednesday on a, on a three game losing streak. I feel like you got to get a still one on the road to kind of get, get things back on track a little bit. The basketball podcast of mid America is sponsored by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Visit their showroom at 411 South Metro Parkway and Rogers or online at Landers Toyota NWA.com. For all your automotive needs, shop Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers, where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in Arkansas. Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers. Wholehogsports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at wholehogsports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today. Wholehogsports.com. Com. Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video on Demand app. Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at home. And take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video on Demand app. Get it today. Yeah, Robbins, he's he's been at Drake, Minnesota now, second season of Andy. So he's, you know, we're, we're going to see this more and more with the transfer portal. Um, where guys are just just like you know Desi Sills being at Arkansas, Arkansas State. Now he's at Kansas State, which by the way is doing having a heck of a year. Um, but uh, you, yeah, you, you're seeing that more. Or Jackson Robinson, who hit, hit some big threes against for BYU against Gonzaga last night, but ultimately had a defensive lapse, missed a free throw, and Gonzaga came back and won that game. But um, it's kind of interesting to follow what some of these uh, guys that were here before are, are doing at other schools now. I think that's two straight podcasts we've mentioned. Desi Sills. I think we, we brought him up last time, and I had to go <laughs> I don't look know up that to I, see if he was still I don't playing. know that I did it, so you can't blame me for that. <laughs> it was speaking of transfers, Connor Vanover's having a pretty nice pretty nice season at, at Oral Roberts, I think, and he's apparently grown to seven foot five according to one of the tweets that I've seen. Yeah, I wondered about that. I, I, I mean, I'm thinking at his age, he's probably done growing. Seven three is playing Man, you would think anyway. so. <laughs> share it with somebody else like me who's 5'10 on a good day um, wanted to get into Arkansas's ball handling of late especially in SEC play and I went back through stat broadcast and tallied the variety of turnovers and the volume so check this out 20 lost ball turnovers 19 bad pass turnovers 10 offensive fouls 3 shot clock violations 2 travels 1 lane violation and one time, Arkansas just stepped out of bounds. 
I don't know that there is an easy answer to the issue here, but this Arkansas team, I was telling Andrew before we started recording, it's the highest turnover rate team right now of any team that Eric has been the head coach of at the college level. 18.1% of possessions, they're turning the ball over. Um, some more trivia for you guys, since I know you enjoyed it so much last week. There's one guy on Arkansas's roster in SEC play with more assists than turnovers. Can you name him? Oh, there's only one. Only one. <laughs> well, off the top of my head, I'd say Anthony Black, but I doubt if it's him because the way you phrase the question is it's got to be like the last guy we yeah, think I'm, of. I'm going to go with, <laughs> go with Makai. That, 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 that's probably a good one. Yeah. I'll, it is. Oh, Do you have I'll, another I'll guess, Bob? No, I was going to piggyback off Andrew. <laughs> Once you said that, I was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. I'll do that too, yeah. The answer is Devo Davis. He's got wow. 12, 12 wow. assists and seven turnovers. Anthony mm. Black right now has 14 assists and 14 turnovers. And Ricky Council has five assists and 15 turnovers. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, I think I that's... that's sure it wasn't Ricky. <laughs> right, right. And I, th I think Ricky's kind of in his own head right now a little bit, just kind of what to do with the ball, how to score, how to get to his spots. And I think you're seeing him really overthink the game right now. And like even the times that he scored the other night against Alabama, if he's on the road, he's getting tagged for travels on those buckets. You know what I mean? Like Alabama's bench was going nuts, like losing their minds over the no calls on, on those. But um, yeah, it's, it's Devo. He's kind of been the guy that's, that's play creating for Arkansas to this point in, in SEC play. And I went, like I said, I went back and rewatched the Alabama game yesterday morning and Anthony Black had one assist in the game. I did not tally him with another potential assist, which is pretty shocking. I mean, that's pretty night and day from from the kind of player that he was early in the season. But I kind of understand it to the point, to the degree that, you know, he's the guy that he probably feels like he's got to go get offense because he had, you know, in, in on Maui, I mean, he was the guy on offense. Um, but I just, I think he's pressing a little bit too hard and it led to a, a pretty inefficient night. Um, Arkansas travels to Vandy on Saturday for a one o'clock central tip on ESPNU. Um, appreciate you guys listening in again today and for, uh, Andrew and, and Bob joining the podcast today and, um, hope, hope you learned something and, uh, Arkansas has got to go get a win this week, or I think, I think the team's really going to start to feel some pressure because it's not like they're coming home to begin next week. They got to go to, to Missouri. Um, I haven't checked on what Missouri's done this week. Bob, do you know what they did? They, they the went to a &M. Yeah, they went to A&M and got beat pretty bad. Um, A&M's kind of a, kind of a weird team to figure out sometimes, but that can be a tough place to play. Like I, I don't think uh, Arkansas does not have a good record at all down there. I don't think Eric's ever won down there. You think about he's won almost everywhere else in the league. Won at Rupp and won at Florida. Broke that long losing streak that Arkansas had had there. Um, you know, going back to Nolan Richardson had been the last last coach to win, win there. You know, in nineteen ninety five, I think it was. But um, yeah, Missouri that'll be a very tough game I think on the road for Arkansas because this is two weeks after Missouri played Arkansas pretty competitively here and and um, so I'm, Missouri will be they'll, they'll be fired up for that game and I'm sure they'll have a big crowd and that that'll be a very tough game for Arkansas to get. Not saying they can't get it, but it'll be a lot but easier for I think easy not easy but easier for them to get if they can get this one at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Again, Arkansas is at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Tip off is set for one o'clock Central Time on ESPNU looking at Mike Kaywood's game notes here. Kevin Fitzgerald and Carolyn Peck will have the call 
on ESPNU. Arkansas has won 11 of its last 13 meetings with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not exactly an easy place to go in and win. Just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's sometimes the in a lifeless gym. Most More often than not, it's a little bit tough to, um, maybe it's tough to get a little bit amped up, but it's also a place where you can, you know, you can kind of win a, a get right game um, if you're, if you're focused and, and take care of business. But um, Liam Robbins is a, is a pretty good player. Miles Studi is another guy. He's shooting a three really, really well for Vanderbilt right now. I think he's well over 40%. Six, seven guy. I think he's about 215. So that might be a pretty interesting matchup with him and Jordan Walsh to keep an eye on. Um, Arkansas desperately, I feel like needs a win at this point to, to, to get their, their season turned around. I mean, they've been in this position before, but like Eric said, on Wednesday night, he feels like this is a, a much more uphill battle just because of you know the the issues that they're facing right now. And and you know in the past they've had injuries to to some of their key guys, but they've they've come back. And not a hundred percent sure what's going to happen with Nick Smith, even though there's some some rumblings and, and speculation out there. Um, Trevor Brazil's not, and that's kind of a, a a big deal for this team right now. They need somebody that can stretch the floor. Um, and they don't they don't really have it right now so maybe this game can help them you know maybe identify some of the things that um, that they're struggling with and, and move forward with it so wouldn't wouldn't be surprised by a lineup change like Jalen Graham I think he might be a guy that that could potentially earn a start but again like Eric says it's, it's every game takes on its own identity and just because a guy comes off the bench and, and plays really well one night, it doesn't mean that he's particularly going to going to play a whole lot of minutes the next night out. It's all all about matchups. So we'll see. One o'clock Central on ESPNU um, for Bob Holt and Andrew Joseph. I'm Scotty Bordelon. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll holler at you next week. The proceeding has been a production of WholeHogSports.com. Look for our latest podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast store. And visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary.